it's now time for an in-depth look dedicated to all things pertaining to the New York Red Bulls, tackling all of the latest news and happenings both on and off the pitch. This is the Fall of Bulls Podcast. The winless streak reaches five games now for the Red Bulls after a 1-0 defeat up on the rainy field turf in Foxborough. We try to make sense of what's going on with all aspects of the Red Bulls and give our thoughts on the like punishment for Kaku and if New York can somehow find a way to win on Saturday versus MC Cincinnati. All right, welcome once again, everyone, to the Full of Bulls podcast. Alongside my pal, Alfredo Fumasas, I am Mike Corbett. We are talking all things affiliated with the New York Red Bulls, unfortunately. Of course, you can find us on our Twitter page, at FOBS Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes. You can find us on Anchor FM. We're still popping up on Podbean, where we were last the, the past two years. So anywhere you can find us, uh, listen, uh, rate, you know, bad mouth, whatever you want to do. We don't care as long as you're listening, and uh, we appreciate it. Alfredo, um, hmm. how you doing? Let, let's just try to be a little <laughs> positive at first. How's your week been? It's getting a little bit warmer, you know. Uh the week has been going well, but I kind of feel like uh, Bill Murray in Groundhog Day, to be honest with you, because it's like every time we sit down to do this podcast, it, does, it doesn't seem like there, there's any positive things to talk about as far as the Rebels. But hope everyone is doing well. Hope everyone yeah, had a, hope a good, good Easter, Easter holiday. Yes. Yeah, it was nice weather that day on Easter, at yeah. least in, in the afternoon. So that was great. Um, all right. Well, let's just jump right into it once again. Uh, the Red Bulls are now winless in their last five matches and four of those five games being losses. And they went up to Foxborough to Gillette Stadium and they came away with a 1-0 defeat to the Revolution. It was up in the rain. It was on the field turf. It, it looked like a, a miserable time, but it wasn't as miserable as the, the Red Bulls' effort out there on the field. Christian Penny is the one who uh, put the Red Bulls to the sword was it Saturday night, right? Yeah. Uh, coming on as a sub in the 71st, 71st minute, scored the game's only goal in the 73rd minute. He just came flying right down the right wing. Uh, just a burst of speed, gave him really energy when he came on. Uh, right past the Red Bulls, now faltering defense and put one through the hands of Luis Robles, who probably want that one back, and into the back of the Red Bulls' net. And that pretty much that goal had a feeling that the game was done and dusted right there because the Red Bulls, once again, really uh, barely threatened to score. I think, you know, they might, they might have had a couple shots where they had to make saves, but nothing really threatening too much. And uh, the Red Bulls now sit in 11th place in the Eastern Conference. With five points after seven games played, they are tied for the least amount of points in the conference with defending MLS Cup champions Atlanta United. They also possess the worst points per game average in the East, 0.71 points per game. Uh, they trail seventh place, previously disastrous NYCFC, but they've won their last two games. They trail the, the Smurfs up there in the Bronx by six points for the final playoff spot in the conference. And if you can get out your binoculars, Alfredo, the Red Bulls might be able to see Eastern Conference leading D.C. United with Wayne Rooney. And uh, uh, I guess he's got a driver now because I guess he's, they, they stopped him driving. With, he's always getting busted with the drunk driving. But uh, D.C. United, he does have them out in front, 12 points ahead of New York in the standings. 
All right. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I just wanted to say real quick, this, and look, uh, throughout all kinds of adversity and, and the games where you're not doing that well, the mm. one person that you've always been able to count on is Luis Robles to keep Best. you in a game and to sometimes save you games. But this this uh, unusual uh, flub by by Luis Robles is really speaks to what the Red Bulls season has been so far. Yeah, Not, I, I don't want to say he's been bad this year, but there's been a couple of those. No, from, but it's just that Robles, moment. Though. Yeah. Yeah, but just, yeah, in that moment, uh, he's had a few of those this year, almost like, uh, as dare I say, David De Gea uh, as of late, where he's had some uh, – not as bad as De Gea. De Gea's looked terrible probably the last uh, almost like a couple weeks now. But, yeah, that was one where, I don't know, maybe it's a little wet too, bouncing off you – know, skimming off the field turf off his gloves. But it's definitely something he should have been in front of and to, to, to put off to the side. Yeah. But we'll get into – the effort once again, um, Chris Armas, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see what everyone, the problem is it's just a little bit of a struggle. They're training really great in practice. Alfredo, the spirits are good. If you see, if you see how competitive they are in practice and just the, the work ethic in the practice and a really good is the spirits are up, you know, just not going their way that he says the message. We don't believe in luck. We believe in making it happen. Keep working, knowing it's going to come because we have quality here. We believe in our roster. We believe in what we are doing. We believe in the way we're working. We had to have a really good look at ourselves. So many different things. And to do that early in the year, I think it's going to make us stronger. You always hear that. It's going to make us stronger in the long run. You heard Robles say that a few times after they've been eliminated. It's going to make us stronger and make us better. And this is the typical, you know what it is? And it feeds out to the players too. This typical canned garbage you get from them. It's stuff that you see like these in comedies where it's supposed to be these motivational speakers that come to a, to a workplace and they have, you know, the bullet points. Uh, this is, you know, the, the, uh, not like the, the destinies, like their, their ethos and stuff like yeah. that. You know, their, uh, their, their mission statement. That's what, you know, yep. you know it's just this, and it's almost like in a joking manner. It's almost something you see on the office or office space. Well, it, it it's feel, just garbage. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's, look, it, it feels phony. It feels phony. It feels incredibly scripted. And I understand that everybody's yes. trying to remain uh, upbeat. But what this reminds me of, and, and we got to go, uh, uh, a bunch of years back from the Iraqi defense minister where he was speaking to the media and saying oh, everything is box. okay um, and yeah. you hear explosions in the back and, yeah. and the U.S. is bombing Iraq. That's what it reminds me of. And, and look, maybe they should move the games over to East Andover. Uh, with the type of crowds that they've been getting at Red Bull Arena, they might yeah. be able to, find, to, to put people uh, around that training complex and perhaps yeah. the Red Bulls can – feel at home and feel upbeat in that East Andover facility. And they're, they're probably able to, to get a win there because their training sessions have been so positive. Yeah. Yeah. They might actually get a sellout. Yeah. <laughs> Those aren't going to come anytime soon. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later too. Um, attendance is down. Go figure. It is early in the year, but yeah, attendance is down. Um, I just what what part is I, I I put this in the outline? Just what part of the team is the biggest disaster right now? You know the attack uh, that's not existent, but that also relies upon the midfield and getting service. And then you also talk about all right, it was the midfield the bad part where they had some injuries. 
But you, you look at the defense where they're just leaking goals and they're not really you know, bringing the boys goalie, the coaching, the front office. Yeah, I mean, they, uh, uh, they could just have a battle royale to see who's the, the, the shittiest of the Red Bulls bunch right yeah, now. They, I mean, you could look at it a bunch of different ways, right? So the, the midfield hasn't been great. The attacking line hasn't been great. Uh, the defensive line, who was a unit that Dennis Hamlet stressed and the organization stressed on, on Got two keeping... designated players there Aaron Long and Kamar Lawrence even though Kamar Lawrence has only played 45 minutes for the team this year yeah or he might have had another appearance and, and you know he's gone off on a sabbatical again but uh... well they had a, a they made a huge effort to make sure they they kept that unit uh and while that unit has been consistent they just seem to be uh now plagued by what the rest of the team is feeling so I think that when you look at that and what the expectancy was as far as the this defensive line and and look I know that uh, Kamar Lawrence is a is a huge miss in this defensive line both on the defensive end and also on the attacking end but still they're probably to me and because of the expectations they're perhaps the most disappointing right now in this Red Bull squad. That's the thing with with um you know, with everything is fine and everything with Kamar Lawrence, where, you know, he was listed a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah, he just had an illness, but, you know, he should be back next week. And next week comes, he's nowhere you know, to be seen in, in, in the start, you know, in the, the game day 18 or the starting 11. And all of a sudden now the talk about, oh, yeah, he's doing better now. You know, he's, he's listed as probable this week. But yet it, it still wouldn't surprise me. We come and see the, the team sheet this Saturday night and, you know, Watch him be left off once again. You know, yeah. I, I know he's back in training, but what, what exactly is going on here? Yeah, I mean, we don't know, and uh, we. I don't know if you recall when we he got called up to the Jamaican uh, international uh, matches that we kind of questioned it. Okay, well, he hasn't been available for the Rebels, but yet he gets called to, to the Jamaican national team. So we don't know if when he went to the Jamaican national team, he aggravated the injury or didn't let uh, or, or didn't go through the recuperation time that he needed to really heal properly and to come back strong. And I think at this point, the the, the rebels are are kind of uh are managing uh Kamara Lawrence's health with uh with kid gloves really They're, because they don't want him to aggravate and they need him for the rest of the season i mean it's bad enough that he really hasn't played a meaningful game for the rebels in quite some time uh but i think that the rebels are are just being cautious with kamar lawrence at this point and yeah, I mean, but, but you got to wonder yeah. if if there's a call up for Jim, for jamaica if he makes the trip yeah enough's enough they come out and be honest because we don't really know what's going on each week but they're all making it sound like oh you know he's close he's close just like that they're, they're close and figuring things out even though they sink they seem to sink further and further each week and just with them saying oh yeah we're really close it's not as if they're as i said they're losing these games 2-1 to to good teams or anything like that they're losing the you know bottom teams in the conference in the league where they just look terrible. They don't even look like they're coming anywhere close. It's not as if they're at a barrage on goal and the keeper's making saves left and right or they're hitting the woodwork or they're just missing or they're being whistled for offside. They're not even coming close to attack. So when they sit there, they feed us this garbage saying, oh, we had a really good – 
Well, I guess they can say they have them really good because they're practicing against each other. You have crap going up against crap. So, <laughs> you know, I guess someone's eventually got to look good, good in that pile. Yeah. I mean, uh, look, it's uh, I get it, man. I get it. Everybody, everybody's trying to, to stay positive, but it's almost like these rebels, both the players in the organization are almost living in an alternative yeah, yeah, reality. Yeah. And so it's the thing. Oh, no, nothing's negative. They don't want to really deal with you know, the, the serious issue at hand and that, you know, the teams ahead of them keep on winning and you're putting yourself in a deeper and deeper hole. And Christian Dyer put out a tweet and it just happened to be where it was, you know, the, the record in 99, the record in 2009, where it was similar after the first seven games or whatever it was. And people go, oh, why you just saying it because it ends in nines. It just happened to be that way. But he's also pointing out where with the last two times that they got off the similar starts like they have this year. The, the seasons turned into train wrecks, and they were nowhere close to the playoff picture. Yeah, I think it worked out great that every year ended with the nine, but the yeah. reality, of, uh, reality of it is if you have that record through the first seven games, this is what has happened. And yeah. coincidentally, it's all been years that ended with nine. Yeah, I mean, and they were – if you look at those records, I mean, the 2009, that was the last year at Giant Stadium before they moved into Red Bull Arena. That season was terrible. That's why I laugh when see some of these Red Bull fans. Oh, they had promotion relegation, blah blah blah. You know, you know they'd be the, the actual real champions. Hey, yeah, promotion relegation. Just think what would have happened to that 2009 team. Would Ari would have come to them t- to the following year if they were playing in the whatever you know the second division was back then, the USL or the NASL. It was just starting up again. You know, the A League, all those old you know USISL. You think he'd have been coming to play for the Red Bulls then? I don't think so. No way. So, uh, speaking of Thierry Henry, it was funny. I just, I, I totally didn't even. It was a great segue. Yeah, I didn't even need to, to tie that in. Uh, it, it, there was a lot of that. We were talking about it last week where there was rumors, Sky Sports, although was, sometimes they just throw stuff out and see what sticks to the window too, saying that, you know, he was in talks to take over as head coach of the New York Red Bulls. Well, people kept on talking about it. It was getting out there, and I guess he was meeting with the the Red Bull higher ups there in in Europe, where Dennis Hamlet had to issue a statement saying recent reports of Thierry Henry joining the New York Red Bulls are false. Um, okay, maybe you know right now they're false, and, and this is also something where. Yeah, I mean, Dennis Hamlet might believe that it's false. I've never, he might be, oh, I've never talked to Henri about being a head coach or anything like that. But we don't know really what what Henri was talking about with Red Bull, the, the parent company. And it falls into the same situation when it was with Jesse Marsh, where the rumors had started almost a year before he actually left about them being interested in coming over in either coaching or managing either, you know, with uh, Salzburg or being an assistant at Leipzig where everyone over here on the New York side, Oh no, no, no. I don't know what you're talking about, but it was obviously going on behind the scenes talk over in Europe. So yeah, obviously Henri <laughs> was talking with, with Red Bull about something Well, it- and maybe they're not ready to pull the trigger just yet. I- uh, maybe they're also, you know, Henri came in and he goes, all right, if I'm going to become the manager, this is what we're going to need. I'm going to need, you know, you know, designated players, you know, the, all the spots to be filled. I'm going to need this type of control, this. And they're working out the stuff behind the scenes. And meanwhile, they're just allowing, you know, 
or know, the Hamlet and Armis to go about their business thinking, oh no, 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 no nothing's nothing's wrong here. You know, we know what you know with uh, Armis. We know what goes on inside these walls. You know, the outside noise. You know, they they well, don't see the energy here. Great training sessions. Blah blah blah. Yeah, or it could he could have just put his condition f forth and said denied. Uh, but I understand. Yeah, I understand it, yeah. what uh, Dennis Hamlet is doing. Obviously, in a time like yes. this, where the rebels are are far from uh -huh. being functional, or rather, they're very dysfunctional. He's trying to bring at least a little bit of calmness and show Chris Armas a little vote of confidence. But uh, what you yeah. got to wonder is how long is this going to last for? Exactly. And the thing is where. It's not as if a lot of the fans are really enamored with Chris Armas. You know, that whole soccer, no. that football culture. Yeah, support the manager and stuff like that. That's not really the case here with, with Chris Armas. Yeah, it took him a while to warm up to Jesse Marsh after how they they, they fired Petke. And, yeah. you know, and Marsh won him over. And after he left, you know, people looking at Armas going, all right, well, he was his right-hand man. But, yeah, maybe someone's good with, with the training sessions and stuff. But yeah. really leading them from, um, you know, the, the technical box there along the sidelines, it's just not working. Yeah. And, look, and the fans have never really warmed up to him. So it's not, I guess this is something that Hamlet had to come out and say, oh, no, the, those reports, because the fans have probably been catching on to it and, you know, pulling for more and more for Henri to return to the club as a manager. Yeah, and, and look, uh, there was a, a tweet uh, last week that uh, I we retweeted off the, the, the Twitter account uh, that said, um, I don't know, I haven't gotten on this Chris Armas out train, but I'm definitely checking the price of the tickets and the schedules. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a lot of people already on that uh, on that train of 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 wanting Chris Armas out, because as we mentioned on this podcast, how does a team that finishes top of the MLS last season loses one player, returns all but one player? And this season they're like that. I mean, did the players just stop? Or or just forgot her to play football, soccer, uh, or is it something to do with the coach? And when you look at this, is the same guys. If the effort there is, if the effort is there in training and they're trained so well, then you have to start looking at the coaching staff and, and at the at the leadership of the team from the technical staff standpoint. Yeah, it's it's not good. It's when you look at it. Something's got to change, and uh, yeah, you know, they keep on saying, "Oh, have their their systems been figured out?" And they're going, "Oh, you know, we just got to figure out a way." How how long does it take you to come up with it with a plan B or a plan C if you think people figure out some of your initial attacks? Well, and, it, and that's the thing. I mean, as a as a coach. Right. As a coach, you always got to have a plan B and a plan C. Right. So plan A is the one that's trained the most, the most you work out those routines. But that plan B always has to be presence and always has to be something that's been worked enough to the point that if you ever need to flip the switch and go to plan B in order to to prevent what you've been exposed 
uh, uh, buy from a lot of these teams, you switch it up. I mean, we saw Jesse Marsh last uh, last season go with the four two 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 two, and then return yeah. back to a more familiar one. At what at one point he was playing with three defensive backs, playing with uh, with uh, Tyler Adams as a wing back on the right. So those are all the things that were changed as as Jesse Marsh was able to tell uh, that. It, it's not working for them that you got to change up. And I think that a lot of the things right now, uh, it's also that upsets me is the inability of Chris Armas and this technical staff to be able to, to adapt or to change in order to not be exposed by these teams. Yeah, it's, I don't, I don't know, but we were looking at the schedule <laughs> uh, of when possibly the ax could fall. Uh, you know, uh, they, they're probably going to give him some time here. And I was looking at when the Gold Cup is going to be, and probably the last match before the Gold Cup break is June 8th at Philadelphia against the Union. So from then till uh, from now till then, there's yeah. nine more games, including this uh, the, the game this weekend. There's nine more games uh, yep. to, to go through. And I'm going, that is a bit of a, a long period of time where yeah. – if it's still the same like this after another two, three, four, how much longer can you go with him? I mean, yeah, and I, I, I and I think that if things keep going the way they're they're going, uh, I think that the rebels have to be looking at that break uh, because of Gold Cup comp competition that the team is going to be off for 20 days. That'd be the perfect time to bring in a new coach. So the coach has that much time with the team, but nine games are the Red Bulls going to put you, up with these nine yeah. games. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, if it, do, if it doesn't improve, if you don't see some sort of improvement anytime soon, you can't wait until that, that nine games, because despite that they got an, you know, you now have an extra playoff team in, in each conference. But these other teams ahead of them are are looking better, and they're they're winning. They're not they're not dropping points. It's you know you know some of the teams ahead of them right now. You got DC United on top. Montreal's looked a little bit better. Toronto after the down year they had last year looks like they're starting to write things again. Philadelphia is up there. Columbus, I already said Columbus is a team to watch out for. They're in fifth. Orlando City, eh, you know what? They, they, they beat the Red Bulls, you know, so they're, they're where they belong right now. And New York City FC, some people weren't expecting big things, but there's still some talent there. So I don't know. I mean, you know, some of the teams that are on the outside, Chicago, FC Cincinnati, New England, and the Red Bulls, I mean, who knows what Atlanta does. So, man, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think if you don't see any you know signs of improvement soon and, you know, they have FC Cincinnati coming up. And then you have L.A. and Montreal on the horizon. You know, two teams that are L.A. Galaxy, I should, uh, you know, preface. You know, now there's two L.A. teams again. Yeah, they're both top of the league, basically. They're yeah. one and two overall in MLS. So you you could interchange them as far as the, the degree of difficulty when they play yeah. the Red Bulls. And I know they're they're tough teams, and you think, oh, well, you know, the Red Bulls are figuring it out. But the Red Bulls haven't been able to figure it out against the bad teams. So once they get to those, you know, I'm not going to cut them any slack, you know, if, if they drop those games too and them trying to, to figure things out. So I, I don't think you can wait the nine games. I think you would have to bring in someone maybe somewhere halfway between there if it's, if it's not improving. And then also they, they all get the extra break 
to to implement more of their plan as well. Yeah, and 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 look, uh, the Red Bulls made an acquisition last. Uh, well, last last season, I think it was last season, if I'm not mistaken. And and I want to I want to look it up uh, real quick here. Uh, they brought in um, that the the South African assistant coach to to Jesse Marsh, and I think he was even brought in before Chris Armas, if if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but uh, everything pointed to perhaps him being the one guy. So maybe the solution uh, and Chris Armas's uh, replacement is uh, within that technical staff and, and this uh, this gentleman, which I'll tell you the name, Bradley Carnell, which mm -hmm. is a, a South African uh, 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 national that uh, that came over during uh, Jesse Marsh's reign. Um So I don't know. This this could be the one guy that perhaps the rebels will look to to step in for Armas. If uh, if Henri if Henri doesn't come together, <laughs> yeah. If this is somewhere they just try to have him finish out there, but I I just think you need a new vision from out, from outside. Uh, I think you need a, a a new setup. I understand you have the whole setup how you want to run things with how they do with Leipzig, how they do with Salzburg. But I, I don't think you could just keep on bringing on guys that are, you know, assistants of Armas and stuff like that and have them be able to do anything better. It's, it's just not going to work. Yeah, it could be. But as I mentioned, when they brought along this guy, I thought it was kind of off the, the, the beaten path because usually technical staffs are, are composed of guys that, uh, that are trusty uh, members of, Uh, and that uh, the 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 head coach knows and and trusts, and I think that when when they appointed Bradley Carnell to this technical staff, I I felt that this could very well be a guy that was basically being groomed to step in for when Jesse Marsh left, uh, and then we saw Chris Armas as the assistant coach, and Je uh, Chris Armas uh, took over, of course, but Bradley Carnell, uh, I wouldn't sleep on the possibility of him possibly becoming the Rebels' uh, head coach uh, if the Rebels decide to part ways with uh, with Chris Armas. That would be interesting. I don't know how well that would go over with the fan base because they would just say it's one of – The well, current guys on the, on the staff that's I, I get partially that. to blame, you know. I I get that, but I think that the fan base uh, they just want to win at this point. Uh, I don't yeah. care if it goes off of Bradley Red Phillips's ass and yeah. and hits the post and hits the goalkeeper in the head. At this point, the the, the fan base needs to get this this team back on track. Never mind supporter shield and and MLS Cup. At this point, at this point, you gotta. Start putting yourself in a position where you're right around there and you're going to make the playoffs without much stress. And the way the Rebels are going right now, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. No, I would say it, it is early, but I haven't seen anything. You know, despite them not having won the last five games and lost four of the last five, There hasn't really been anything in there to lead me to believe that that this team is close to turning around as like they like to say they are and that they, they're going to go on a run. I just don't see it. Uh, other Red Bull news of notes. Uh, I'll just say real quick with Red Bull, too. They lost their first match of the season last Saturday when they were beaten by Loudoun United 3-1 at Montclair State. 
Matthias Jurgensen, remember him? You know, they, remember the guy they brought over? He's going to be impact player for the Red Bulls. Well, he scored the only goal for Red Bull too. So that was, you know, the big Red Bulls offseason acquisition is playing out there on the on the field yeah. turf there at Montclair State. So that that's, you know, but hey, you know, when you when you have designated guys who are like designated players like Kamar Lawrence and Aaron Long, I mean, yeah. why, why do you need to fill up that other spot? So, but Look. their their next match. Against Indy 11 Sunday at 5 p.m. at Montclair State. If you don't want to head out there, ESPN Plus has the broadcast. And then uh, another one, I'd say their acquisitions from last year, where we talked about the incident from two weeks ago, Kaku, where we hadn't heard anything with the suspension, but it it just came down the other day. He's handed a two-game suspension. Now, when he got the red card, when – he only got a game suspension for that red card. So they handed him two additional games for when he uh, blasted the ball out of frustration and nailed the uh, Kansas city fan right in the face. Yeah. Uh, So three games total. So he's going to miss again this week and then he'll miss the game against the LA galaxy. And then he'll be back three games for this. All right. He didn't do Eric Cantona. We would fly into the stands and, you know, kick the the Crystal Palace fan in in the chest, but yeah. well, what, he, what he did at you know, it wasn't you know during the game of play where he kicked the ball in the stands because you know while they're playing and it accidentally hit. He, he blasted the ball out of frustration and he blasted the fan, and you're only going to give him three games total. That was yeah, that I, was a ridic- That was ridiculous. I really thought that the MLS was going to come down on uh, hard on, on him just yeah. because of the nature of the, of the offense, uh, the offense. Right. So when you look at the MLS and the MLS, probably most prized commodity are the attendants and the fans, uh, which are the ones that are going to help uh, really grow this league. Uh, and when you see something like that, which is, look, I know it's it wasn't intentional, but it's still uh, an attack on a fan. Uh, I really felt that the the that the MLS was going to come down on hard uh, hard on on Kaku, and I, I didn't think it was going to be less than five games. But now we yeah. learn it's going to be three games, and three games is is could be violent conduct and a straight red. That that's the three game. Uh, uh, punishment that a player would get if they were to have that type of behavior. But this, this was totally uncalled for. And when it's something that affects uh, a party other than the, the, the protagonists on the field, uh, other players, referees, uh, this is usually something that goes above and beyond just that regular suspension a player would get. Yeah, and you think it's a fan sitting in the first row, so obviously it, it, no fan should have to endure that. But you think fans sitting in the front row, they paid good money to to sit there right yeah. along the sidelines too. And you see a lot of uh, stadiums they do it at Red Bull Arena now. Sometimes between the actual physical stands and the electronic advertising boards, they've put in some extra seats right there, so it's sort of uh, you know field side seating and stuff like that, and little yeah. tables for them. So they try to you know milk it for as much as they can, saying, "Oh, you have the, this experience up up and close." Yeah, and they're gonna say, oh, "Yeah, every now and then, don't worry about it. You might get blasted in the face out of frustration." But, but hey, 
and here's come, the, come enjoy MLS. And here's the thing, right? One thing is to get hit from a ball that's shot from the in, inside the 18 uh, yard yeah. line or inside the box, and you're behind the goal. You know those are coming to you. Another one is a is a person that's sitting almost at the 50 yard line that usually would not get any type of uh, a ball uh, sent to them and to be hit squarely in the face with that type of velocity on the ball yeah this is i'm I, i'm sorry man but that was just uh that was just something that's uh uncalled for and look uh, kaku has had his issues and i understand that he's frustrated but i just thought that the mls was way way too light on him five it should have been at least five games if not more than that but, but um yeah, for, for three games, that was ridiculous on the MLS part. And this is coming from a Red Bulls-centric podcast. And yeah, although it's not as if Kaku has done any favors to the to the Red Bull faithful this year, but he's no. someone that they definitely need right now, especially need him to, to snap out of whatever funk he's in as well. And it this doesn't help. It's, him being suspended doesn't help the team, that being said. Is ridiculous that he's only going to get three games that he's going to have to you know sit on the sidelines. Now, but now is his agent going to come out and complain? You know that at the Red Bulls that you know that they should step up and have to pay for his uh, his fine and stuff like that because it's not fair because he had to spring for his own money to get his own furniture and all that stuff. So I, yeah. I wonder what his what his agent's going to have to say about this one. Yeah, I think that uh, at this point his agent is staying very quiet as he should yeah. be. Yeah. Well, you got to work on that deal to to, to Mexico. So, yeah. all right, the next one up coming up here: Red Bulls, the expansion, FC Cincinnati, this Saturday, seven o'clock at Red Bull Arena. MSG will have the broadcast. Start of a three-game homestand for the Red Bulls. So this is something where it's it's almost in a situation you need points in all three of these games. If it's you know, three wins. Especially or- or two wins and a draw, and this one against Cincinnati, an expansion team. It's their first meeting. Uh, they did meet when uh, Cincinnati was still in the USL in the 2017 U.S. Open Cup. That's when the Red Bulls had a rally down two goals there in Cincy to tie the game, and then Bradley Wright Phillips, his second goal of the game, won it in extra time. That's when they went on to the U.S. Open Cup final, which they lost to Kansas City. There you go. It all, it all comes around. Yeah. Uh, and Cincinnati, so far, they're ahead of the Red Bulls. So they got eight points through eight games. So it's not that bad so far for the MLS expansion side. <laughs> we know Kaku is out. Kamar Lawrence, we're told, is supposed to be in. But who knows with that? I just, I'm just wondering how the starting 11th should look. How do you just maybe keep on going out with the same lineup? I understand yeah. maybe you don't have other options. But I think you got to mix it up. You, yeah. you got you get you got to send a message uh, because what what's been going on the last month over a month now is just not good enough. You got to if there's other guys there, other guys in the academy, you got to give some of these guys a crack. Yeah, I mean, look at at this point, uh, it's it's anybody's starting position, right? Aside from uh, Parker and Murillo and uh, and uh, Luis Robles is and Aaron Long. I, look that there's there definitely needs to be some some change in this red bull uh because i think that if you keep on going out there with the same 11 guys give or take 
same 10 guys uh that's based well, what is the definition of insanity the, the definition of yeah. insanity is doing it <laughs> doing the same thing over and over and expect different results right yes so maybe that's working in training but it's not working in a, on the on the uh, at red bull arena uh, but you don't know man you you haven't seen these these training <laughs> sessions there's a lot of energy there's a lot of competition there's a lot of great spirit you don't know yeah but look uh i think we need to start seeing some changes and and look i I feel I feel bad and I and I uh, I I feel his pain. Bradley Wright Phillips has just been somebody that they just can't get to the ball to, and and a guy that has is as prolific of a scorer as he is, and that has the the records that he has in MLS to be able that the, the Red Bulls have completely dried up. Bradley Wright Phillips because they can't get him any balls. They can't get him any looks for him to make a difference. And that's, I feel bad. I feel bad for Brad, Bradley Wright Phillips. And, and I think that at this point, at what time does frustration set in for Bradley Wright Phillips? Well, we really don't have to worry about him. Uh, you're talking about him getting old. We don't really have to worry about him uh, having his legs wear out because it's not as if he's had, had to do anything this year. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's one thing. And he's been coming out of matches too. They've been bringing on Brian White. They've been bringing on Omir Fernandez. So, and that's the, that's the other thing too. Uh, um, so you, you got Brian White who scored, uh, the game two weeks ago. Who, yes. Who scored, uh, he came in and now against the revs, you don't give the kid any minutes. You figured that after scoring that goal and putting you in a position to get to, to, to win, to come out of the three points out of Grand Mercy, uh, now all of a sudden it's it's like it's what happened to this kid? Again. This, and this they, kid they're going back to off. they're going back to Derek Etienne Jr. Yeah, the, he doesn't even come off the bench this week. I mean, yeah, how much how that much, was baffling. Yeah. yeah, how much shittier can your decisions get? How much shitty? Yeah, and look, I I look, I hate to 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 just get down on people and i usually try to remain positive and upbeat, yeah. but it's just it's frustrating as as heck right now. Yeah. And this is a game, uh, as we're starting to wrap up here, this is a game I, I expect the, the Red Bulls to win this game. I, I think I, so, summary, here's the thing. Some reason I expect them to win, but would I really be surprised if they drop more points? No. Not at all. I mean, I, I, I think they could win this game 2 nothing, but then I could see this being 1-1, one, one, you know, 1-1 one, one final. I, I don't think they'll lose. I don't think they will lose, <laughs> I should say. Uh, but if it ended 1-1, I wouldn't well, be too shocked. Well, and here's the thing, Mike. I think that the way the Rebels have been playing uh, this season so far, there's no team that's that's coming into Red Bull Arena. And understanding that Red Bull Arena has been a fortress for the Rebels and the, and the Rebels barely lose any points at Red Bull Arena, there's no team right now that comes into Red Bull Arena and feels they're intimidated or feels that they right, have to because adopt no, the, uh, because, yeah, Because they've taken the crowd out of it. The crowds uh, are sparse now. The fa fans aren't, you know, the what, what crowd followings that they had in the first few years when Red Bull Arena was open and even through the the years where they they earned the supporter shield, even if it wasn't sold out, but they were still getting a solid sixteen, seventeen thousand that made the place loud. Now they're reporting crowds of fifteen thousand. They're probably more of on the lines of eight or nine thousand. 
and there's nothing to cheer about. So the fans are just there, probably having a couple of beers. Going, all right, let, let's go home and beat the traffic. I think the most the, the most exciting thing for a lot of these fans is the tailgating before the game. Yeah, that's what it is. It's just pretty much a day out. You meet up with your friends and family and stuff like that. That that that's drink, where it's become some beer. Yeah, yeah. You watch you watch the soccer game for a little bit. You're like, all right, you know what? Let's uh, let's beat the traffic. And, you know, in, <laughs> in in the seventieth minute, because you know. Red Bulls aren't going to win. Yep, has not been good for the Red Bulls. No. All right. Well, hopefully the, the the fortunes will change this Saturday night, and they'll get back on. You know, they, they get all that positive energy and all those those great practices. It, it finally shows out there at Red Bull Arena on Saturday night. So we'll we'll just see, Alfredo. But it's great talking to you once again, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your week. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. And and for everyone, hang in there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it could get much worse than this, but if you lose against Cincinnati, definitely I think that you're going to hit rock bottom. But hang in there. Hopefully better days will come, and hopefully a better coach will come also. Yeah. For Alfredo from us, I am Mike Corbett. Thanks for listening to the Full of Bulls podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FOBS Podcast, on Instagram at Full of Bulls, and visit our Facebook page and subscribe on iTunes. This has been a presentation of the Full of Bulls Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you.